So tonight is January 23rd, 2019. Our sermon tonight is Branded Slaves and Resurrected Bondsmen. Our subject matter, our aim, our mission is going to be the total death of our old enemies and calling on that Ruach, breath of God, to breathe into us new life tonight. Many who have been stirred by the stunning prophecies and directions graciously given to us at the start of this new year. Yet at the same time, we are struggling with, at war with, our old habits and old ways of dealing with things and our past defeats. Tonight, we want to address how to win that fight and permanently. Say permanently with me. Permanently. Permanently. Put to death shame once and for all. Now, we can't talk about past defeats without turning to Deuteronomy 31. So everybody, let's go to Deuteronomy 31. Ooh. I'm going to open up this word, see what the Holy Ghost has for us tonight. I'm there. Land on verse 3 with us. We're going we're gonna to start reading right here. It says, the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you. And you will take possession of their land. Amen. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you. And you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you, nor forsake you. Amen. When this is being spoken to a generation of Israelites, you can't help but to think back to the past defeats of the generation that came before them. The whole reason that they're in this situation right here in Deuteronomy 31 is because the generation before them dropped the ball. They had past defeats that prevented them from going into the promised land. Something that God explicitly said, if you do what I say, this land is going to be yours. Now, doing what God says, it's, it's a hefty price sometimes. Yeah. It costs you something to take steps forward in faith. It costs you something to get in the battle. Am I right? This generation in Deuteronomy 31, this band of men crucified their old life, which let them enter into a new blessed land. Are you interested? Come on. Are you you interested in crucifying your old life? There are things that have branded my life in the past. And tonight I'm going to crucify those things that branded my old life prevented me from entering into the promised land. And tonight, I'm going to walk into this place as a resurrected bondman of Christ. We want to share a few things with you that are examples of being branded. And I want you to think about this for a minute. We're not just speaking about back when I was lost. We're speaking about your days inside of Christ. When we say branded... What might come to mind is Nike, might come to mind is Adidas, branded also might come to mind with cattle inside of Texas. When we say branded, we're speaking about an indelible mark, at least one that feels like it's indelible. 
We're going to go through a few things that may have branded you in the past, that you're warring with now. Because I can tell you, honestly, in my own life, there are a lot of things that I've allowed to become a mark on me that if I don't find a way to work through, defeat, get past, they continue to shape the way that I look at the world and the way I represent Christ. Do you want to learn how to work through those things tonight? So one of the questions that we keep hearing, that we keep asking ourselves when we meet with our brothers, when we have coffee, when we fellowship and study in the evenings is, what is different about this year? What is different about it? When you failed in an area for five years up to this point, you've never made it six months without accomplishing something that was different than the past. And you hear a word, maybe even your specific name was called out and said your family is going to be different this year. Your personal study, the word is going to be different. Your progress in the kingdom is going to be different. In a very natural sense, almost a month into the year, what, would, what is different? How is it that somehow, because it was spoken, things are changing? Can, can you wrestle with that for a minute? Have you ever heard something that you know is true, but you don't know how to practically walk it out or what is, what is different in your life? Let us tell you tonight that this is a new year and things are going to be different this year. Amen. You have exactly what you need. You see, when Jesus resurrected up to the Father, after those days that he spent with his disciples and he went up, the last thing he told them was, guess what? I will be with you to the very ends of the earth. Yes. You see, we have what we need in this place tonight. Yes. We have the opportunity to look our weaknesses, to look at our, our branded past straight in the face tonight and say, despite the brands that I have been carrying around with me, despite those weaknesses, the Holy Ghost has given me what I need, and I'm going to turn those weaknesses into strength, and it's going to happen tonight. Amen. I'm not going to be defined by my past brands. I'm not going to be defined by even something that maybe you heard, overheard. You overheard somebody talking. You have uh, guilt and shame that's been washing over you. You're branded. Come face to face with that fact tonight. There's a stipulation that has been placed on your thoughts. And the Holy Ghost has said, I've given you what you need. Now you need to shake Amen. yourself free and walk in the power that I'm giving you. Amen. Come on, there's one kind of overcoming a branding. And that's you personally believing what God spoke to you. The promises that he made that it can be achieved. Another demonic lie that we all suffer with is that we've been marked for the rest of the world to see in a, in a really negative way. You ever known a brother who every time there was a moving day, he showed up 10 minutes late, 30 minutes late, and somehow he becomes the guy who you do not count on being there on time. He, his own actions have branded him a certain way. We often walk around, interact with the brothers in the church in a way where we are operating off of a worldly brand or a carnal brand. What we want to say this evening is that you can break that brand. Yeah. That what defined you in the past does not need to define you in the future. Amen. A branding that is based upon an outward action of previous years in the way that the world and the, this community sees you is not permanent in the kingdom. Amen. That you may have been scarred by your bad decisions. That you may have been burned by your bad decisions. But it does not have to stick to you tonight. Amen. See, this year we're going to build a stronger band of brothers. We're going to have a stronger band of brotherhood this year. Look around. Look around you in this place tonight. These are the brothers 
the band of brothers that you are going to begin, if, if not right now, if not in the past, right now, you're going to begin putting your trust in this band of brothers. Tonight, you're going to make the decision that those that are sitting on my right and on my left, those that are behind me and in front of me, I am going to trust. I'm going to put my faith in. I am going to be a part of that band of brothers. When I see that brother suffering, I'm going to join him in that suffering. Yes. I'm going to support him in that suffering because that bonds me together in this band of brothers. If I see suffering happening, I'm going to rush in and help in whatever way that I can because that endears me to them and them back to me. And I become part of that band of brothers. Man, we got to trust each other. We have to trust that when we are stepping out in faith, that the people in this room are going to respond. Hey, we got enough enemies out there on our own. We don't need to make enemies of each other. Yeah. Spencer McLean, do you trust that this body will stand with you when you move? Yes, sir. This body, LCM, will you stand with Spencer when he moves? Yes. Rick Lawhon, do you trust that the men in this room will be more than friends to you, but will be brothers in adversity? Yes. Church, how do you feel about Rick Lawhon? See, we got to trust each other. We're going to stretch out in each of the areas that he's spoken to us about and trust that each other are here to be a band of brothers with us as well. See, we all hear about this, but yet we want to stay reserved. We're scared that we won't be received because of a brand that you had in the past, because a mark you had in the past. Tonight, we're going to trust each other because we are a family, not an institution. We are bond servants of the king, not a building. I feel like I have come so far, fought so much, or paid such a heavy cost. It's January of 2019, and yet we are still dealing with the scars, the adversities, uh, things that have come from the past and the sacrifices that have had to be paid. It's easy for many of us to feel overwhelmed in a moment and wonder what else is to come, to even be scared about what is coming next. Why? Because we've paid a cost. What have we been learning on Monday nights about that son of David? What kind of mentality did he have? Does somebody remember that full place mentality? We're going to gather our courage, gather our vision tonight. Whatever we have already paid to this point, it is to the glory of God. And it is a bond to him. We are bound to him through it. It's not a scar. It's not a brand. It's a bond or a king that holds us tight to him. Whatever else comes our way is a blessing and a glory. See, if you're, if you're stuck in a perpetual mental state of the things that you've already sacrificed, one of the ways to shake yourself free is just like that song that we ended worship with. Everything and nothing less. Lord, you're worthy of it all. That is the kind of mentality that shakes you free from dwelling on past sacrifices that hurt. It hurts sometimes. To sacrifice. It does. But when you take on that full price mentality, when you see the face of Jesus, when you dwell on the things that he has already delivered you from in the past, already taken you through and already freed you from, then there is nothing more important or more valuable that you could do than pay him the full price that day. Full price mentality. We're in just a little bit, a little bit later in this message, we're gonna talk about three mighty men that had this full price mentality. And when they saw 
a brother in need that was part of their band of brothers, no sacrifice was too high. Nothing could stop them from satisfying that need that they saw in the brother because they were a real band of brothers. They had already determined that no price for a brother was too high to pay to be bonded with them and to be bonded with Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. Our goal, our aim tonight, is to see those old enemies put completely to death. That's right. New life breathed into us this evening. Amen. Now that we've cited the things that we're going to kill, now that we've cited the enemies that are going to be conquered, are you ready to stop dwelling on the enemies? Yes. Are you ready to start gaining some traction with us? Oh, yeah. You ready to wake up this Wednesday night? Oh, yeah. Let's go to Isaiah 49. We're going to pick up in the 24th verse. Say there when you're there. Can plunder be taken from warriors? Or captives rescued from the fierce? But this is what the Lord says. Yes, captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce. The king of kings announced before this moment that yes, you would win. That yes, these enemies that are mounting against you, he will defeat. When we recognize the brands that have scarred us in our life and we say, yes, God can defeat it. We begin to take on the strength of the Lord. We begin to believe what he believes. Moves that he moves. We will see plunder taken from the fierce. I will contend with those who contend with you and your children I will save. This is an astounding passage. We know that the Lord will contend with his enemies. We know the Lord will put to death Satan. He will put those demonic powers underfoot. But he's promising here, I will contend with your enemies. I will contend with the things that are fighting against you. And your children I will save in this warfare. I will save in this process. I will redeem you in the generations to come after you as you fight and take plunder from the fierce. I will make your oppressors eat their own flesh. They will be drunk on their own blood as with wine. Then all mankind will know that I am the Lord I am your Savior, your Redeemer, my mighty mighty one of Jacob. See, the testimony here is not just that you're redeemed. It's that the enemies that stood to oppose you are burned in the process. That those things that once enslaved you are now under your feet. That they're drinking their own blood as if it was wine. When we say all the way defeated, we mean all the way defeated. When the Lord says he's going to put an enemy to death, he means all the way to death. Tonight, we're going to take those old trappings, those feelings that you cannot press into this new thing because you have failed so many times in the exact same area, totally underfoot. Amen. Why? Because our God has promised it this evening. Yes. We're going to break the brand of sin, that sin master, and we're going to bond together in the congregation of the saints. Amen. While you're turning to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Let me tell you that it is the season. It is a year of the Lord's favor. This is a year of expounding and reaping a harvest. Let me tell you that this is the season and the year of breaking your old brand to the sin master. This is the season. This is the year where you get bonded to the band of brothers in the congregation of the saints. Amen. Ecclesiastes 11.3 says, If the clouds are full of water, they pour rain upon the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, 
In the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. If we know that now is the time to plow for us, we also know that while we're plowing, while we are putting forth sacrifice and effort, the Lord our God will be faithful to send the rain. While we plow, God will send the supernatural rain and meet us in our efforts and meet us in our sacrifice. Amen. But just like verse 4 says, are you one of those ones that are just watching and not planting? Are you going to find yourself as one of those ones who are looking at the clouds while the harvest is ready? Answer us tonight, church. Are you? No. You are definitely not. Crucifying the brand of your past fear and intimidation and owning up to the fact that your brand is a man who does not, that if you're branded, you're a man that does not plow his field. This is really, really important. If you're looking up in the clouds, expecting it to be plopped in your lap, then you're the one that is not plowing. If you're looking up to the clouds and saying, man, that rain's going to come. Get yourself ready, church. Get yourself ready for what is to come. In the past, you might have been stuck watching. In the past, you might have been stuck looking at your other brothers who were working hard. Don't just stand at a distance this year. Find somebody that's exerting energy. Find somebody that's moving forward. Find somebody that's plowing the ground. Find somebody that is moving. Grab a hold of them and say, I want to be with you this year because I'm not branded like last year. I'm not that same man. The Lord is freeing me from that brand. I am redefined this year. Amen. When oxen are plowing, you yoke them together. Because it adds strength. Because it adds encouragement. Band yourself with men who are doing the work. If there's an area of your life that you feel like you've just not been able to get traction in this area, go stand next to somebody who is doing it. We all have areas where we can benefit each other. That's what iron sharpening iron is. So when we recognize that we are lacking in an area, we're branded with something that is still in slavery. Look around. You're filled in a room filled with spirit-filled, fire-breathing Christians that love the Word of God and love you desperately. Don't entertain the notion that somehow you're an outsider in this room or, or that you don't have the world at your disposal. Go hunting for what you want. And I promise you, with the God that we serve and the men that you serve alongside, bonded together, you will find what you need. I'm going to read to you Isaiah 50. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. Why are you not going to be put to shame, church? And the sovereign Lord helps you. We are going to succeed as we set our faces like flint and trust that he helps us. He who vindicates me is near. See, we're Americans. When we hear the word vindicate, we immediately think, oh, because someone's accusing me of wrong. And I didn't do it. The context of Isaiah is that their lives are filthy rags, that they're people of religion, people with a book, people with everything at their disposal. But their life has amounted to nothing but filthy rags. Can you say that that's branded? But he says, he who vindicates is near. 
He who vindicates you, LCM, is near you this evening. He's near you to redeem you. He's near you to stand in place for you. He's near to stand and contend with those who contend with you. His vindication is our saving grace. It is the wall of fire between us and Pharaoh. Who then will bring charges against me? Let us face each other. Who is my accuser? Let me confront him. What is your attitude this evening with those things that have been troubling you? You're trying to pretend that they don't exist? You're trying to just kind of mold through the let it go by? Are you hoping that some supernatural thing is going to occur where you just instantly no longer struggle with this issue? Are you taking into account the fact that your sovereign Lord, your Redeemer, your Vindicator is putting his hand on you this evening? And what does Isaiah do when the Spirit of God fills him? He sets his face like flint and he challenges that enemy. He says, "Let's, let's confront each other. My accuser is cast down. You have no hold over me. Church, I want to tell you this evening, those things in the past, those years gone by, no longer have a hold on you when you know who your vindicator is. Can you stand up inside of that vindicator tonight? Can you face your accuser? Can you set your face like Flint? You see, we can't stay banded. We can't stay uh, branded. We can't stay branded, brothers. We can't stay with that past on us. It's time to face our accuser. It's time to know who we are in Christ, not who we are without him. It's time to know what it, what it looks like for us to walk in the power of Christ, not for us to walk without his power. It's time for us to get used to knowing what it means to wield the power of Christ inside of you and inside of me. Matthew 9, 36 through 38. There's a reason for all of this. There's a reason that we're talking about getting away from that branded mentality. See, I know as I look out, I look out at you, I look out at this congregation, I know that there are brands that you see yourself through that lens. Yeah, yeah. it's true. I'm looking out here and I know that when you think about yourself, you can't help but to think about the past brand that maybe somebody else put on you, but most likely you branded yourself with. I know that they exist. When I look out, I know that they're there. But guys, there's a reason why we're talking about breaking out of that branded state. In Matthew chapter 9, we figure out something. Look at verse 36 with me. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. We always hear about this verse. Oh, yeah, he didn't pray for the harvest. He prayed for the workers. That is so true. Jesus did not pray for the the ones that were going to be harvested. He prayed for the band of brothers, and he prayed that they would be strengthened. He prayed that they would be powerful, that they would have the ones that they needed to Amen. go out together and to go reap that harvest. You see, we're dealing with our past brands because the fields are ripe, church. And it's time to ask the Lord, not for just a harvest of souls, but for a harvest of brothers. Amen. You see, we're not after the ones that are just souls that we can put a check mark. We're not after the ones where we can say, oh yeah, that brother, I shared the gospel. We prayed together. He accepted Christ and I didn't see him. I never saw him again. 
There's something that happens when we break out of our branded mentality. When we go out to the harvest field as a band of brothers and we do it together, there's something that people see that they begin to crave. There's something about this band of brothers right here that people look at and they're like, man, that's what I've been looking at and craving for my entire life. Paul. Paul was in the Marines. He joined the Marines because he was craving and looking after a band of brothers. He joined the Marines because his soul craved that kind of camaraderie one with another, crave that kind of sacrifice for a brother and the reciprocal sacrifice. He didn't find it in the Marines. He didn't find what his soul was craving until he walked through these doors one day, got radically born again, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and look, a brother is sitting here. Not just a soul, a brother is sitting here in our presence. Guys, brothers are made and must be cultivated, grown, and fought for. Paul, would you say that we have cultivated, grown, and fought for your life? Fought for your family's life, brother? Fought for your calling? That's what it means to be in a band of brothers. That's why you're here, and that's why all of us are here, brother. We love you, Paul. Love y'all. Briefly, while we turn to John 13... Well, when we speak about workers, we really got to think about this for a moment. We're spirit-filled Christians. How many prayer meetings have you guys been to? And somebody's, Lord, give us souls. Lord, give us souls. Lord, give us souls. Amen. I hope that you have sweet moments where you witness to people and you pray. More than that, the Lord of the harvest is burdening us to pray for men who become disciples and become brothers. But I want you to consider this as a body. Not every one of you are going to see 10 people get, give their life over to Christ every single month. Because I, I know all of you are having those experiences every single day. That, that, that's what your usual day looks like. No, we're fighting. We're striving. We're, doing, we're looking for the opportunity to see it break out. You ought to take encouragement in the idea, though, that what the Lord of the harvest is looking for is building up workers. Building up brothers. Because... You become brothers in adversity. You become brothers in work. So when you are partnering alongside the men in this body, you're increasing their ability to work. You're becoming better and better and better brothers. What are you doing? You are answering the call of the Lord of the harvest. That means that you are discipling, that you are helping strengthen the body. That as you form bonds of brotherhood here, whether or not you had a crazy supernatural day where three people fell down and cried out for Christ, you did the work of the kingdom. That ought to be encouraging to somebody's soul. Well, not everything in your life is going right, but you can come home. You can go to a brother's house and you strengthen the kingdom of God because you're raising up workers. This body does that and we can do it more. The more we intentionally look for it, that we see it like building the kingdom the more it's going to break out all around us. Let's go to John 13. While you're looking at verse 34, the text said that they were like sheep without a shepherd. It didn't say that they were sheep wandering, but they were looking for something else. The specificity of the verse said without a shepherd, meaning that they were without discipleship. They were without a head to lead them. They were without the band of brothers completely. And that's the reason why Jesus looked out and had compassion on them. It's because they didn't have a band of brothers. And that was what Jesus was building. And he was giving them an opportunity to join the band of brothers that Jesus was building, you see? Because he was the shepherd. 
Amen. He was the one that was building the brotherhood on the earth. And he's trusted us with that. As he's looking at his band of brothers in John 13, look at what he says to them. Verse 34. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Amen. The souls and the brothers that we're going after are the ones that look at the way that we are sacrificing for one another. The ones that are looking and saying, oh my goodness, that Mario, I cannot believe what he's doing for others. I cannot believe the level of sacrifice. I can't believe the time that he's giving. I want to be a part of what Mario is a part of. In fact, it's what I've been looking for. It's been years. I haven't experienced this yet. I want to be a part of what Treester is doing. I see the way that he sacrifices for his family. I see the way that he works hard. I, I want to know what his motivator is. I see the way that he gives up his Friday nights. I want to know what that motivator is. Yeah. I, want to be, I want to be a part of a sacrificial band of brothers just like that. Guys, the way that we make brothers... The way that brothers come in to this fold, the way that we see the harvest as a whole is the way that people look at us and see the way that we're sacrificial in this band of brotherhood. Amen. The way that we're constantly sacrificing for, for one another. Amen. It's the best and most fulfilling thing that we could grab a hold of. In fact, Jesus said that outside of being in perfect shalom with him and loving him with all you got, the second greatest commandment is that great level of sacrifice for your brother. Amen. Why do you think he said that? Is because that's what's going to bring in the harvest this year. Amen. You're already in John. Let's turn to John 4, 34 quickly. Say there when you're there. there. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more than the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages and even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Saints, I want to encourage you this evening that your food is to do the will of God. We've heard this scripture so many times, but the way that that actually shows up in daily life is in the way that you sacrifice for each other. Come on, you may have loved somebody. You may have had a good friend. But then that friend really, really stood up for you one day. Or really took a beating that was meant for you one day. Does your love for them not increase? Yes. Your food is to do the will of God. Is Your food is to live like Christ. What did He do for you? What is your great Savior, our brother, our firstborn of all creation, what did He do for you? So what does your food look like on a practical scale? It's for you to be crucified for their sake. Amen. Crucified for the man on your left or right sake. Not the one that you spent the most time with. Not just your buddy. The people that he has surrounded you with. Every member of this congregation. Your food is to do the will of God and be crucified for the sake of the men and women around you. My food. My food. My fulfillment. My fantasy. My bond, my desires, it is to accomplish his will, not an object or status. 
The more that we can reinforce that in our minds and our daily life, the less we will deem God's work as a failure. See, when men of God are really trying, you're trying to make progress, you're fighting for it, but it doesn't immediately look the way that you want it to. It is incredibly easy to feel like a failure. And the enemy is always inside of your ear saying, give up, it's not worth it, it's not working, you can't do it. Your food, your fulfillment, your dreams or fantasies, your bond is to achieve that which he had called you to do. Remind yourself in failure and in despair that what sustains you is the future work that the Lord has for you. You're not done yet. You can rest when you die, but for now we need you. Amen. We're a band of brothers. We each have a position and a role to play in this, and you can't tap out or give up. You know why? Because I'm counting on you. Because Nick's counting on you. Counting on you. Because JJ's counting on you. Because David Hall's counting on you. And we stand or or die together. And our king has called us to face our enemy and contend. We're going to win together tonight. Our food, our sustainment is that work which we join alongside each other to accomplish. And a good hint there is that if you have dreams about something that you are always doing off on your own is independent of the body, you may find that you're not actually accomplishing that which will feed your soul. Get rid of that brand and bond like a bond servant with each other. Amen. You see, I have, I have some kind of dream. I have some kind of dream that this band of brothers, shoulder to shoulder, standing in a field and getting the job done together. Amen. Standing there and working, sweating, bleeding together because we know what the Lord wants to do. We know how he wants to advance his kingdom. We know the power that he wants to instill in us. We know what the Lord wants to do. And I have some kind of dream that we're out there and we're working and we're working and we're looking at each other and we all know the rain's coming. The Lord's going to do what we could never do for ourselves. The Lord's going to send the rain because we're not capable of that step. We're not capable of that process. But if, if, just if, he sees us standing together, shoulder to shoulder, doing the work together, banded together as brothers, maybe, just maybe, as we look up, he'll send the rain and the harvest will come. In John 4, you don't have to turn there, I just want to read it. 37 says, thus the saying, one sows and the other reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Don't you know how true this is for you? Yeah. Don't I know how true this is? That we walked into something that was already fruitful and prosperous. We are, we are benefited in every possible way from the labor that's come before us. But what do you think this next wave is going to walk into, if not your labor? What do you think the next wave of brothers is going to walk into if not your striving, your sacrifice, your example, your discipleship, your strong family? If that's not there, then what are they going to, what are they going to walk into? What will there be to walk into? You see, we need to get shoulder to shoulder. We need to work hard together. We need to sacrifice for one another. Turn to 2 Samuel 23. This is one of those stories that we hinted at earlier. Say bonded when you get there. Bonded. 
One of those stories of bondship that should just stir your soul. Yes. Locate verse 13. Can you see those first three words? During harvest time. Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit is so amazing? That in this particular story, he is citing the season that we're in right now. That today, we're in the season of harvest. We're in the season of brotherhood. We're in the season of ones coming in and getting, uh, getting bonded to us. Banding together as a brotherhood. Three of the 30 chief men came down to David at the cave of Adullam. While a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephaim. If you didn't know this yet, there's another reason why getting a band of brothers, being in the band of brothers and getting strong together is so important. It's because there's a band of Philistines that's constantly against you and against us. There's a band of Philistines always in the valley adjacent to us, waiting for us to become weak. Waiting for that moment where we don't sacrifice. Waiting for that moment where we don't look at our brothers and say, man, I got your best interest at heart. How, what can I do for you? What can I do for my brother? I need you. You need me. How can I sacrifice for you to get the will of God done? That's how we're strong against the band of Philistines adjacent to us. At that time, David was in the stronghold and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three mighty men, somebody say three mighty men, three mighty men broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem and carried it back to David. I want you to think about this for a second. There was a brother. He had a need. Three men, three men looked at each other and said, I think we can fulfill that need. I think we can sacrifice more than we even think that we're capable of. You see, maybe, just maybe, if we put in the work in, then the Lord will send the rain. Maybe, just maybe, if we take a step forward and sacrifice, then the Lord will protect us. Maybe, just maybe, if I sacrifice for my brother next to me, the Lord will take care of his will in my life. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. This is the kind of mentality that we have to have with one another. I want to call out Ray and Lindsay. I know they, they needed to go. But Ray and Lindsay did something for my family this week that we could not do for ourselves. See, we're pregnant, y'all. Yeah. Because we're pregnant, uh, Sam's got a deficit. And she needs something, progesterone, so that she can take it and uh, have a, a healthy first third of this pregnancy. Can, you, can I tell you that the Lord uses our needs sometimes not just to miraculously heal us, but to provide an opportunity for a brother or a sister to step in and satisfy that need for us? We were bonded to Ray and Lindsay this week because she gave and he gave a tremendous amount so that we could have exactly what we need so that we can get a, a healthy first trimester under our belts. We can continue in this. Look, we're broke right now. It was an amount that we absolutely did not have and could not satisfy for ourselves. And yet the band of brothers sacrificially gave so that we could be satisfied, so that we could have what we needed. This is just like those three men. 
Just like those three men that saw a need and said, you know, I think we can satisfy that for each other. Let's read 1 John 2.10. I feel confident. I feel confident in me. I feel confident in you. And it's because of this verse right here. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light. And there is nothing in him to make him stumble. You want to know why those three men, those three mighty men had confidence? It's because they loved their brother. They were willing to sacrifice whatever it took for their brother. And so they they knew when we bust through the Philistine lines, the enemy lines together, there's going to be nothing that makes us stumble. Because we love our brother. We're sacrificing for our brother. And we can see clearly when our brother's needs are above our own. That is a reason for you to have confidence. Amen. Come on, are there some bond servants in the house of God? Yes. Do you love your brothers? Yes. When you find yourself stumbling, when you find yourself teetering, in trouble, struggling, what is it that you need to do? Go love your brother. We demonstrate our love through our actions. We demonstrate our love through sacrifice and hard work. We demonstrate our love through unity, through bonding, and through time in the faith, standing against the test of time. Demonstrate your love through a biblical format, and it will sure up your very salvation. Amen. It's not just because it's a good principle. It's not just to be nice to somebody else. That act out of you sures up your standing in Christ, your stability in your family, And God honors that kind of behavior. I can tell you that personally, as I've learned to love my brothers that I live with more, if I learned to love the brothers that I interact with on a daily basis more, it has improved my life. Not just in some kind of financial way, in a way where I am more solidly inside of Christ. I'm more solidly inside of the mind of Christ. His fruitfulness is marking me. I'm learning to do the same thing with Daniel Smith right now. Because the more that I love my brother... And that is what's motivating my actions. God causes us to stand firm and our stumbling ceases. We strengthen each other. I want to tell you briefly about examples of brothers strengthening each other. In the churches in the book of Revelation, in chapter 2, God is admonishing them and encouraging them. He says, I know the slander that has been brought against you. But he tells them, do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison, but he admonishes them to be faithful to the point of death and to stand together and not lose their crown. In chapter three, it continues and we have him saying, I hold the keys of David. I have life and death. I have access to the kingdom. I will make your enemies fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. And then what he tells them, hold on to what you have and let no one take your crown. See, these men... They were bonded. They were bond servants of Christ. They were not a building. They were not an institution. This is a family of believers. This is not an institution. This is men and women linking arms, and it has always been this way. Even in the cities where it says the very throne of Satan resides, where they're being persecuted, where they're being killed. How do you know that you'll stand up on that day? Because you love your brother now. Because you overcome together now. This was never about your own ability. It was always a 
about Christ's ability inside of you and the group that he brought you to. You are the body of Christ. You are not capable of being Christ representative all on your own. You are brought to this body because you are made to stand the test of time as one. Whether we're in the first century or we're in the last century, the principle is the same. He holds the key of David. He will contend with those who contend with us. And that brand that has marked you in the past, we're leaving it tonight, church. Leave 2018 where it belongs. We're going to take the victories that God has given us. We're going to carry them on to the next giant. But no more of those past failures. No more of those past feelings of guilt. Regardless of what adversity comes our way, whether it's very, very physical, whether it's spiritual, whether it's emotional, whatever it is that you feel like you're being afflicted by, if you stand in love with the people that are around you, you make a concerted effort to lock arms, to go meet with a family that you have not bonded with, to show and demonstrate Christ, you will stand the test of time. People get picked off when they stray away. And I don't mean physically from this room. I mean the enemy is prowling like a lion. But church, we are not unaware of his schemes. He may have clawed at us. He may have bitten a few of us. But we know where he's at. We know his schemes. And now we're about to lock together. And he's going to flee from this body. Turn to Hebrews 4. We're going to look in the 14th verse. Say bond servant when you get there. Bond servant. We are a congregation of bond servants. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. Standing in Christ, choosing to be washed by His blood this evening, you have every reason for confidence. You have every reason to believe that you will succeed. You have every reason to believe that you are united with Christ and with His body. Right now, His blood can cleanse you. Those things that have held you, those concerns, those inhibitions, those unfaithful moments, right now, this evening, they can be washed away. Does anyone in the room want to walk out of here with complete confidence? Pastor admonished us during worship to raise our heads. Raise our hands. Let praise come from your mouth. I don't know about you, but I am tired of walking around like we're losing. Like we barely survived the day. No, in the name of Jesus, he is barely going to survive us. In the day when he no longer survives us, our enemy is going down. We are going to contend with him. He is going to fear the name of Christ because Christ will be coming out of us. We're getting out of our natural selves. We're getting out of our own fears and insecurities. And we're going to stand up in the confidence of God tonight. Let his blood wash over your heart. Determine right now, what is it that I need him to free me of? Where is it that I'm going to bond to Christ and let go of that slave master's mark? Then, when we walk out of here, you walk out in confidence, church. Amen. See, there's a, dead, there's a dead part of your soul tonight. A portion of your soul that's been dead for a while. And Ephesians chapter 1 
verse 18 through 20. Just look up on the screen with us. This is, this is the cure for that dead part of your branded soul tonight. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The Spirit of God is going to bring light back into the dead branded parts of your soul tonight. You are going to walk out of here in a way that is enlightened and free to go in the power of God to accomplish what He wants. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you. The riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. That's those brothers. And His incomparably great power for us who believe. Do you believe in the great power of Jesus Christ tonight? Because if you believe in the great power, then it should cause you to jump up. Should cause you to rise tonight. Should cause you to get up. Say, I believe in the power of God. I believe that He, when what He wants to do. I believe that His power is incomparably great for those who believe. In 1 Corinthians 15, in the 50th verse, there's a promise that is going to begin to happen in this room because we're going to choose for it to happen. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will be changed. In a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. From perishable must close itself with the imperishable. Mortal must go to immortality. With the imperishable has been clothed with the imperishable, the mortal, and immortality. Then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your sting? I want to say to you tonight that the resurrection of God is coming. That as we choose to let our lives be transformed this evening, that we are choosing to participate in what is to come. And yet, in a very real sense, right now, those areas of your life that have looked more like a slave, that look more like a dead man while you're professing Christ, while you're walking amongst the house of God, and have held a little bit of guilt, a little bit of shame on you at all times, like cords pulling at you, keeping you from being as bold and confident as you were made to be. That right now, God can create you into a new man. That what is perishable inside of you can become imperishable. That if you are clothed in filthy rags right now, that He can give you new clothing. That the sting of death and sin of your life can pass away this moment. The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. How are you looking to finish this race? Do you want to finish in good health? With a great mass of trinkets? I know that you're not. The reason that you're here is because you want to break your slave brand and be resurrected bondsmen. That's why God led you here. That's why the Spirit is drawing you in this moment. I want to tell you to give it your all. To give it all, leave nothing untouched, let it all be empowered, let it all be turned over and transformed. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Don't let your resolve be moved for anything. 
If you know that Christ is pulling at you about something, be unwavering. Do whatever you have to do to get that right this evening. And then when we leave here and we look at the rest of our week going back to what seems like daily life, you don't have to be daily anymore. You can be a son of God who is holding your head as high as possible, that is confident and filled with his great power, his mighty strength, and he will contend with your enemies. Now is the time, dear brothers, to summon your courage and stand at all costs. Do not let your bonds with each other be broken, but increase in this moment. How are you going to increase your bondship with the people who are in this room? It's worth it. Whatever you got to do. Who are you going to reach out to when we walk away from this place? Give of yourselves fully to each other's needs. Consider each other better than yourselves in Christ. What can you do that you would rather, your selfish nature would have rather had it for yourself, but you can do something to sacrifice for the people who have fed you in this room? the people who stood next to you in this room, the body that has given you life. How can we lay down our lives, crucify ourselves, and be bonded to Christ's body tonight? Our Lord, our commander, he's the king, the valiant band. He's the king of the valiant band. Men like this are a valiant band. 2 Samuel 23 was not just about men in the past. He is king of valiant men tonight. Will we live up to what we are called to live up to? In Isaiah, he is our vindicator. The one who says, I know that he did something in the past, but I'm stepping between the enemy and him. Because he's my son, and I will make him stand. Is God making you stand this evening? Do any of you feel something rising in your soul? In the passage we just read, he is our victory. Is he going to be your victory tonight, church? We will raise up an army. Of the living God, through men who have broken their brands, who are no longer slaves, but are becoming resurrected bondsmen. Would you put Proverbs 30, 21 on the screen in the CJB? If you could do it in the CJB. okay I'll read it to you three things make the earth quake four things it can't bear something's about to shake the earth tonight something is about to make the earth that you're standing under quake tonight the first is because you were a branded slave But tonight, you're getting those areas of your life right, and you're coming into kingship. You were someone who had no food and no provision. But tonight, you're coming into the realization, the enlightenment, that God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. You were hated hated by the Lord, enemies of Him. But as we get ourselves right, the earth begins to shake. The Lord delights, looks down, shines on His bride once again tonight. You see, you were this slave, this branded slave. Now, 
Your your inheritance is coming to you. Your inheritance is coming towards you. The souls, the brothers that will stand with you, the harvest is coming. What are you going to do tonight? What's going to be different tonight? You got some prophecies maybe three weeks ago. What's going to change tonight? How are you going to walk those out, brothers? Band of brothers and sisters, what are you going to do that tonight is the night that you make that change? Tonight is the night that those grave clothes come off. What you walked in previously comes off. The brands that were on your skin and that marked you come off. Tonight is the night where the Lord frees you from that, church. We read in Isaiah 49 that the Spirit of God says yes. This proverb is interesting because it is speaking from a natural sense. Can a man who was a slave be a king? In the world, it's no. But in the Spirit of God right now, he's saying yes. Yes, I can take a man who was bound in slavery and I can make you a king with Christ. Can I take a bride who was separated, who was broken, who had no place in a holy matrimony? Can I make her restored? In the world, the devil is saying no. In a natural sense, no, you can never be restored. But the Spirit of God is saying, yes, even though that is a fierce task, right now I can restore you. Yes, says the Spirit of God, I will move. Yes, I can bring you to life. Yes, I can make you a king. Church, will you say yes to Christ today? Holy One, we thank you for our family. We thank you for this bondservant, this band of brothers, these men that you have united by your crucifixion and your blood. We respond to what you are saying to us tonight and we say, yes, we will answer your call. Yes, we will be filled with your spirit. We do not wish to stay where we are. We will not remain where we have been. We want to go higher. We want to go further. We trust that your resurrection will move in us now. Lord, fill us with your confidence. Fill us with your promise and your hope. We lay our lives down at your feet and you say that you are all that we want. Move inside of us, Holy One. 